It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. Welcome to another Tucson Means Business with your host, Mark Bishop. Interesting guest today, and we'll be right into that. But firstly, I want to thank our sponsor, of course, is the 49ers Golf and Country Club. And uh, one week it's on, one week it's off. But what we've got now is a situation where the club is open again, the restaurant, the Rincon Mountain Grill, the fabulous grill. It's back open, uh, of course, sanitized, and, of course, with the rules that go with the spacing and so on. So you know, okay, golf is open, and they're dancing and doing all sorts of things. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But my special guest for this Tucson Means business is Linda. Her name is Linda John. Welcome, Linda. Thank you, Mark. It's a great pleasure to be here. Well, um, you know, you've come a long way from where you are. You hold a Bachelor of Science degree in business administration from Minnesota State University in Mankato and a Master of Science degree in training and human resource development from the University of Wisconsin Stout. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Welcome to Tucson. Thanks. It's really been a great ride getting here, and I'm, I'm fully transplanted now, so it's it's feeling really good. I'm feeling very welcomed by the community. Well, the deal is, though, Linda, you're not a stranger here, right? <laughs> I am not. I actually, as often happens in destinations, I started as a visitor here. Um, I was coming down almost annually because my parents have wintered here for the last 17 plus years. And so it was always a great getaway out of Wisconsin for me in about February or March to come to Tucson. So I've only experienced Tucson so far as a visitor mm -hmm. and I've loved it mm -hmm. and uh, chose to make it my home and place where I'm going to start my business. Well, many years of it too, though, coming here, right? So you've yes. got a pretty good idea. You would have seen it grow over the years, I would imagine. Yes, it really, it really has. And of course, every time that I was here, I was doing recreational activities, loved to go hiking. Um, I got into some of the cultural events. I actually ran a half marathon here a few a few years back. A half so. a marathon? What happened to the other half? You didn't do it? I, I love that. I actually, it's, it's very, very interesting. I have a personal goal of running a half marathon in every state. Okay. So I'm at 18 right now. I have a ways to go. Well, uh, you had been living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for the right. past 27 years. You had deep roots there, serving as the executive director for the region's tourism organization. Uh, I think it was called Visit Eau Claire. That is correct. Uh, how does something like that work here in the States? Yes, so that is referred to as a destination marketing organization. Some people call them convention and visitors bureaus, uh, but they're, for the most part, uh, some, there's some variance, but for the most part, they're not non-for-profit organizations, and they collect their funding through a bed tax from hotel stays. Okay. And what they do then is they turn around and they brand the destination. Uh, they invite visitors to come. It can be through business travel, festivals and events. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be through meetings and conventions, sport tournaments. And also very commonly lately is they get involved with actually developing the destination as well, mm -hmm. taking a look at what things would visitors want to come here for that we don't have and how can we help close that gap so right. it makes it more of a right. destination. It, it is different. In Australia, uh, the visitors' bureaus that you go to, they, they're usually uh, run by the local council and the state government. 
okay. of, of uh, independent states. Okay. So they're the ones that put up the payroll for that type of thing. Wonderful. And, you know, in the states, there are state tourism departments as well. And they provide great partnerships for the local destinations. And sort of, we see that sort of the funnel approach where, you know, you have to soften the market of coming to Wisconsin first. The state tourism department does that. Hmm. And then all the local communities in Wisconsin were out there telling their story under that umbrella. Very good. Well, uh, you left Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, after five years to go to Eau Claire. Um, why? <laughs> Very interesting. Yes, that seems like a lifetime ago. I always say that I cut my tourism teeth in <laughs> Disney. <laughs> um, and actually, I took a detour on the way. I had a couple stops at uh, destination organizations in Minnesota along the way. But honestly, it was at that time, it was a great experience. Disney's a wonderful company. And I had decided, I was at the point where I wanted to kind of put some roots down. It, uh, the, the friends I met there were from all over the world, of course, at mm. Disney. And Epcot Center was a big part of my story there. Mm. Uh, but when it came time to put roots down, I felt that the uh, transient nature of, of where I was living could be sort of more deeply rooted in the Midwest. So I returned to home, and that's how that story happened. So the, the actual work uh, itself at, at Disney, what did you do there? Right, well... I mean, they sound like a fabulous company it, to work for. It's, it was wonderful. I To this day, I have pixie dust in my blood, I swear. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, it, I started as an intern. Mm -hmm. I was a business major, and for the marketing classes, they recruited on campus. So I started on a college program. It's supposed to be for four months, and they're very strategic at Disney. They mm. find a way of, you know, getting you in, experiencing it, and then sort of giving you other job opportunities. So I did everything from sewing names on Mickey Mouse ears mm -hmm. to running a popcorn stand in Epcot Center. Wow. But my professional career at Disney really started after I graduated uh, at, from, from Mankato, and I actually started working in the hotels and the resorts there. And the Contemporary Resort, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that one, was where I worked um, first. And then I was part of the grand opening team for the Grand Floridian Beach Resort, which was a fabulous uh, new hotel that I was um, mm -hmm. fortunate to be able to help open. And it was after that project that I headed north. Incredible experience for you, hands-on. You know, what Very a wonderful so. training background. With this location to Tucson comes your coaching and consulting practice. Right. So now, in addition to your work with organizations throughout the United States, uh, you've partnered with, what, arguably, one of the world's most trusted executive coaching organizations, and that's uh, Vistage or Vistage. Correct. Vistage Worldwide. Yes. And you're in the process of forming a private peer advisory group for small business owners and CEOs in the Tucson area. Yes, that is correct. So two things. You have the choice of Tampa or Tucson, I believe, with this decision to make. Yes. Yes. And uh, you chose Tucson. <laughs> I'm glad I you did. did. I did. <laughs> So, Linda, folks, so you know, she's the owner and CEO of Linda John Consulting. Now, it provides leadership coaching and destination consulting service for leaders and their teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and your approach through centers on the positive core of leadership presence and a company culture. And that does what, Linda, exactly? Yeah. Well, that is really um, focusing my work on the positive and the possibilities. It's all about the mindset, and I really love working with groups that 
are focused on a growth mindset. Um, you know, I'm kind of been playing around with this concept with what we're going through with the global pandemic right now uh, about kind of the cro crossroads of what was and what could be. Mm -hmm. And I, I really want to work with people who are excited about that. You know, there have been a lot of um, impacts on multiple businesses and organizations. Travel and tourism, of course, has mm -hmm. taken a huge mm -hmm. hit, but so have a lot of other businesses. And so the, the impacts are, are substantial. Well, how do we take that? How do we take that and turn that to the positive and look at it as a new day, mm -hmm. a new opportunity? And so my work with um, businesses and organizations is really focused on where do we go from here? How do we rebuild? The timing couldn't be more perfect. Well, in a lot of ways, no. I, you're right. You're right. They, they need the help. Right. Uh, you provide leadership coaching and destination consulting services. Right. Uh, for me, the layman, help me understand that. What, what is, uh, you know, destination consulting services? Yes. So that really is tying back into my tourism knowledge and experience. And I uh, do have a lot of experience with, you know, working with boards of directors. Um, I serve on state boards and national boards with tourism. So it's really ha helping the organizations that are either uh, marketing the destinations, the, the, the DMOs, so to speak, the destination marketing organizations, or the arts and the recreation attractions and the festivals within the destinations. I do a lot of strategic planning, a lot of uh, team development work, mm -hmm. and a lot of leadership coaching, quite honestly. And right now it's all gonna be about kind of the next chapter, how do we rebuild mm -hmm. and how do we move into the future successfully? Well, you also use something which we're gonna get into a little bit later on. It's, it's marvelous actually. I've done this thing myself and it's quite, uh, it's quite amazing uh, the discovery that it gives you. It's called Enneagram. Yes. Enneagram. Enneagram correct. approach. You use that mm -hmm. centering on self-awareness, uh, which is at the forefront of personal and professional development for leaders in their teams. So um, we're going to get right into that a little bit later on. But for now, explain to us what a role as a Vistage chair is, if you would. Right, right. So as a Vistage chair, I'm going to serve as an executive mentor and a leadership development specialist, specifically in Tucson. So even though my other work is throughout the United States mm -hmm. and a lot of the Midwest. This particular role is going to be Tucson specific and I will be facilitating exclusive group meetings of high performing leaders, helping CEOs, business owners and senior executives who are looking for support and guidance to grow their businesses. Well, this is good for here now. Are we talking now only the big, large companies or medium sized, small? Well, that's one of the things I loved about Tucson when I chose to come here is it really felt like the small business community Community was really prevalent and I have done so much work with small businesses in my work as executive at Visit Eau Claire that I was really attracted to that and drawn to that mm -hmm. so I've chosen my focus to be with my Vistage role working with small to medium-sized businesses mm -hmm. um, that could be anywhere in the range of 1 million to 10 million in annual revenues okay and, and that's how with it's their issues yeah. divided up is it based on gross revenue of a company right exactly there are groups of for Vistage and some right here in this market as well mm -hmm. that are for the larger companies, but I specifically thought that my sweet spot where I could offer the most experience and facilitate the best discussions mm -hmm. would be in the area of the small businesses. So what is it, do you think, uh, about the Linda John Consulting 
that people, you know, would be attracted to? Well, I think the positive approach that we take is definitely one of the things. Um, and it's not only in sort of the executive coaching, leadership coaching. When I do strategic planning with organizations, I use an approach called appreciative inquiry. Mm-hmm. And that is a fascinating process that you don't start talking about all the things that aren't working. You start with what is working. Why is our organization here? What gives it life? And build upon that. And I think that's really refreshing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why focus on the failures? Why, I mean, yes, we can learn from those. But my approach really is what's working and what do you want to hold on to? And when you start there at the core, mm-hmm. it's amazing what comes out of that from the um, input and the ideas and how we take that and go to that next level. So do you actually get to you know, sit down with, uh, and not just the CEOs, right? You, do you get to sit down with uh, uh, different leaders of divisions or different management? I do. I, you, you I, know, like around a table and, and, and air things out? and. Yes, exactly. Now, with the Vistage work, that's different. That'll be the CEOs and the um, senior executives and business owners. Okay. Um, in my other work, I really love the team development work that I do because mm-hmm. it starts with the leader, and the leader, uh, you know, is critical to – the organization uh, embracing this whole thing. Mm. But the wor- working with the teams and the senior leadership of the very, I'm working actually with um, a group in the education industry right now up in Iowa, and they're working on uh, transitioning to a brand new facility. And so they have a leadership, and it'll be in about a year. Mm-hmm. So they have a leadership mm-hmm. team that's working right now on self-awareness, and then getting to know each other, mm-hmm. other awareness, and then the magic of the team connectedness that comes through the work that we do through the Enneagram together. Okay, here it comes again, the Enneagram. <laughs> so this isn't walking over hot coals together, right, on a weekend in a bush somewhere. <laughs> Corporations report, Linda, that executive coaching is a key to making their businesses thrive. Uh, We've touched on what your coaching, you know, your practice is unique in some ways. Why would someone choose you as against Freddie Mac down the road? Uh, What do you have that's special? Well, yes, I, I think I have probably hit on a couple of the things, the, the positive approach, the one-to-one um, customized approach. So I, I really dig deep with organizations. I start with, uh, I start with the leader and find out the goals that they're trying to accomplish, and then we really lay out a plan. Sometimes it is with the Enneagram, but I have because I am a trained executive coach mm-hmm. um, and I'm actually a member of International Coach Federation, I have lots of you know, ba- uh, tr- tr- tricks in the bag uh, that I can pull out based on what their sp- specific goals are, what their specific challenges are. And so we work in a very customized way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and I think a lot of people are just drawn to me when they hear that I am certified uh, and accredited in working with the Enneagram because mm-hmm. they're just fascinated by the tool. It's becoming more and more known in business applications. Right. Right. And so when I just look at you know traffic on my website and social media, um, I really think the Enneagram piece of it is what's getting people's attention. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people think coaching really is a case of uh, you're on the phone to somebody specifically in their role and you're motivating them to keep them going. Um, It's a very bland look at what coaching really is. Uh, 
and trying to get you to get up and keep going and set goals for the month or the week. It means a lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Particularly yours when you're dealing with uh, groups and yes, so on. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a thought partner. Uh, sometimes it's just holding space for busy executives and mm -hmm. leaders that have already thought of the answers, mm -hmm. but they're kind of stuck in the weeds in the day-to-day -day business. And that's one of the beauties of Vistage also is we provide executives an opportunity to step away from the business kind of get out of the weeds and think about strategy, focus on strategy. Well, give me, give me an idea. I mean, you say step away from the business, but aren't I going to be talking about the business or my concerns or worries? Sure. I mean, give me an idea of Vistage, what its real core goal is to do for these leaders of businesses sure. in the community. Sure. Well, it's really it's really three things. Three one, things, okay. One is the whole idea of being able to take the time out with a thought partner and hold the space for instead of I'm going to, you know, call the repairman for this machine or fix this internally. It's like you get a, a, out of the business and say, what is what does my business really look like in the next year? What how, how do we pivot, so to speak, mm -hmm. in times of the global pandemic to be able to get out of that day to day, you know, minutia step away and be able to have someone hold space for you where you get to come forward with the challenge and then process that. And what I have found is majority of time, the executives I'm working with already have the own, their own answers. Mm -hmm. And they get that through not only hold, me holding the space, but me guiding them by asking some powerful questions or challenging them even a little bit. And it, by the end of it, they're, they're actually coming up with their own answers. So that's the first thing is that sort of one-to-one executive mentoring that, I, that that's provided. But the one-to-one -one you refer to doesn't mean one-on-one. -on -one. It does in the case of Vistage. That's what that's what I'm asking yes. for Vistage. Yes. But so why am I envisaging a room full of executives? So that's the second thing is the second benefit of Vistage is, and that's really a lot of the magic happens, is coming together mm -hmm. with a group of peers who are wanting the same thing. They're wanting to connect with other leaders in a confidential and non-competitive setting because we we choose individuals from all um, non-competing industries. So they are non-competing. My all next non question was going to be, yes. how do you how do you get on if, if the same industry is in the same room? Right. Yeah. We we make sure that it is um, all non-competitive industries, mm -hmm. twelve to sixteen people, and they're able to process their issues and learn from each other. Right. And they become more confident decision makers through that process, and they can even you know, have another another executive's issue being processed and learn so much from the feedback that's being given from that room full of years and years of executive experience. Mm. And so that's a facilitated role that I have is to get those executives and business owners helping each other process through the issues. So is it mainly work issues that they tend to bring up and talk about or do they touch on private? They really, you know, it's a holistic approach. Um, it, there's, there's no necessarily wall between the business and the personal. It all gets thrown in there together. And so, uh, the, the meetings that I've been through to process issues have been a mix. Very, very personal issues have come up in a, that safe, confidential space. Mm -hmm. And also strategic... So the key, the key I'm getting here is that this particular space is safe. It is uh, confidential. Uh, nothing leaves that room. Correct. It's uh, objective. 
I mean, there various be, different key. Yeah. They could be a sales manager. They could be a CEO. Right. They could be the marketing director. Uh, in business, everybody, not everybody, but the majority of problems are similar yes. for everybody. Right. But they've got to different handle business. them differently. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so by sharing, yes. right, I could see it very differently mm-hmm. to what Joe next door to me could. And he may have a total what different perspective on it. Absolutely, that's exactly. And is this right. what you encourage? <laughs> that is exactly what we encourage, and it's through a process that's been, you know, tested, tried and tested, and successful. Um, uh, there was a great study um, done recently by um, Dun and Bradstreet that uh, you know basically compared. Um, Companies that were Vistage members with those that were not, and our members grew 2.2 times faster hmm. than non-Vistage members. So, so the results are there. There's proven results from that model, um, and it's just a, a, a wonderful way for businesses to connect, process issues, develop relationships, and grow. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, I mean, it's a national company. It's been growing for years. Got to have something going for it. I mean, it's very different from being in a service club. It's very different from uh, being in in the other opportunities that are out there. I mean, there's always mixes. There's always that right. type of thing. Right. But to sit around, I think, and 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 uh, be able to share uh, your work issues, problems, uh, good things as well. Uh, as bad, right. and, and know that it's secure, know it's safe, know it's confidential. Yes. And at the same token, you're meeting, I guess, new friends. Right. You know. Yes. Uh, the, and making contacts in business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there might be somebody in finance at the table that can help somebody who's just, you know, getting started in their new business. And so there's a lot of that um, crossover that does happen as well. And I think the other piece of it that I haven't mentioned yet that I think is just fantastic is uh, Vistage has one of the uh, United States' very best speakers bureaus. And so the the meetings do have program aspects to them as well where you're getting these top-notch world-class speakers that are coming and doing workshops. And and then they have Vistage Research uh, where they're constantly interviewing, you know, their CEO base. Um, they have over 25,000 members worldwide. So that, um, hmm. the, that ongoing research that they're doing with those different companies is extremely valuable as well. Well, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, isn't there? Absolutely. Now, your coaching experience, though, covers several states throughout the nation. Yes. Um, you know, you and we talked about how you could have had Tampa or Tucson. Tucson you chose because of your growing up here, your parents had, you know, situation. Was there anything business-wise, um, anything, you know, specific numbers or the types of businesses or did you hear anything about Tucson back mm-hmm. east, about the growth of the city or the or the attitude of the city or yes. anything from that point of view? I absolutely did. I mean, I did a lot of due diligence before deciding where I was going to, you know, pitch my tent, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of things that I, you know, I, I do have um, business ties to Florida and to Tampa as well. And so that was sort of a pro-con analysis I did. What I liked about Tucson was, it's hard to explain, but the feel, um, the feel of the people. I mean, it's it's a growing population, as you said, but it feels like, to me, a welcoming small city. 
And I have had so much fortune being able to just call out people that I don't know and ask them to visit with me. I've gone to people's businesses and sat down with them. I've done Zoom calls with people. And they all say the same thing. We're, a, we're such a friendly city. We're open. We're, we want the best for our community. We want to help others succeed. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like I was going to get like a lot of support as I try to integrate into a brand new community. Mm-hmm. And I want to be part of, an, an active part of the business community. And I just felt that that was going to be um, very much uh, a strong possibility here. And you included. Um, you and I just met not very long ago, but you've extended a very warm welcome to me as well. Yeah, it's Tucson, you know. Um, I mean, I come from a long way away from here, but uh, uh, it's a place that everybody I have come across pretty close to everybody. They've either left, gone on with their careers, gone, you know, taken other jobs, left, gone to other cities, even other countries, but have come back. Yeah. To Tucson, you know, there's, some, there's something that's magnetic in the hills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> you can't, you can't beat the climate, too, of course. <laughs> I'm so. speaking with Linda John from Linda John Consulting on Tucson Means Business. And, of course, uh, proudly brought to us by the 49ers, uh, the infamous 49ers Golf and Country Club. Tucson Means Business is proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club. Uh, they're at uh, 12,000 Tancoverde Road. If you're not in Tucson, somewhere around the world, but visiting sometime you may get here, please go to the 49ers, even if you don't play golf, because there are wonderful things to do, like eat at the fabulous Rincon Grill restaurant, and then there's the fitness center, brand new, with everything that you need. Isn't that right, Casey? That's right, Mark. I'm speaking with the director of memberships and tournaments, and sales. He's just about chief cook and bottle washer, but he can tell us all about this wonderful fitness club. It's only brand new, really. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny you say that. We're um, really proud of the way that we keep it looking brand new, but it's already five years old, that building. Is it really? Yep. yep. But God, we, you'd never know that. We upkeep it. Um, you know, we keep it uh, looking good, looking fresh, smelling good. We try to keep the equipment maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important for people that are coming to a gym. They want to use clean, fresh well-working equipment. My word, they do. And uh, one of the important things, I think, with this fitness club is that it's not that you're traditional. I mean, you've got locals coming to it from right across town. There are lots of different separate type events on, aren't there, from uh, fitness type. Uh, I, I can't remember them all, but hmm. the lady that runs it yep. uh, does a fabulous job. Great job. Uh, in fact, there's a few, few of them get together and create all these different sort of sequences. They do. They've got a, a lot of different um, group fitness classes is kind of what we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I want to say it's kind of a niche market, really. You know, there is lots of gym offerings around, obviously. Sure. You know, you got your big box box store kind of fitness centers that are, you know, they have hundreds of pieces of equipment. They've got, uh, uh, you know, classes that are, are scheduled and, and routine where ours are unique. Um, you get to know the instructors really well. They're your friends, you know, and then when you it's don't like show up, care of you. Yeah. they do, you know, when yeah. you don't show up to class, they, they want to, they text you and find out, Hey, you okay? how come you're not there? You know, <laughs> that's a nice idea. It is. So, so it, from yoga through to boom, bunk this or that, I mean, they do it all. There is, we offer a little bit of everything. We even, you know, we have kids dance classes. We even have a woman teaching ballroom, uh, dance classes right now. Um, on Wednesday nights right now, we have goat yoga <laughs> where you have these little pygmy goats. They 
they dress them up in tutus and uh, they, they walk on your back. I don't get it, but apparently it's all the it's all the rage. So. Can you imagine that dressed up in a tutu walking on your back? But that's a goat. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a lot of fun indeed. And of course, the one other area is the pool. Yep, the pool. We have um, a five lane. Junior Olympic-sized heated year-round pool, which it's uh, it's tough to find uh, heated water um, in Tucson in the winter, believe it or not. But uh, we we maintain it. We have a, a youth program that swims year-round. Uh, we've also got aqua classes right now on Mondays. We offer them. Um, the pool's just been really a great uh, resource for the club and its members. That's fabulous. So there you go. You get a, a really good picture, don't you? But go to the website and Casey, that address again. Uh, website is 49ercc.com. It's all spelled out. F-O-R-T-Y-N-I-N-E-R-C-C.com. You did a good job, man. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Casey Polivchak, lovely fellow. Talk to him personally about anything. Memberships, the club, whatever you want to do. He's the director of memberships and tournaments at the infamous, which is the, the hidden jewel of the desert, at the 49ers Golf and Country Club. Proudly bringing us Tucson Means Business. I'm speaking with Linda John, who's performing... Um, uh, a special opportunity for thought leaders here in Tucson. For starters, she's going to be the chair of Vistage. And, um, uh, why, all right, question for you. Why should I join Vistage? Well, I think the main reason is because you, we are all at the crossroads right now of what was and what could be. And uh, I don't think there's anyone that hasn't been impacted so one way or another by that. Um, I did see a recent article, I just posted it on my LinkedIn also. 73% um, of business leaders expect significant disruption of their industries over the next three years. Yeah. And only 26% felt that way just a year ago. That was an article in Inc. Mm -hmm. Magazine. So I think now more than ever, um, you and other business mm -hmm. owners need Vistage because uh, you are going through a huge transition. Yeah, there, there's something missing yeah. since the pandemic is yeah. hit. Yes. You know, and and from, it, from a business perspective, a lot of people yeah. are scared stiff. They, I'm hearing in the field, you know, they, they're not sure what to do with their businesses. They're not sure whether to go on, yeah. um, close the doors, stay, wait a while, see what happens. Right. Um, in my particular business here, there's, uh, you know, I have clients that are still doing well, but I have other clients that have wanted to come on board a long time ago, but right now they're, they're not sure what's going to happen. So they're, you know, sitting on the fence. And, and that impacts your business. And that impacts my business, you know, and <laughs> right? everybody's business. Yes. Um, what have you noticed to be the, the greatest impacts of this COVID, uh, pandemic for instance uh, on you as a business coach i i think the the biggest impact is just that we can't think that it's just all going to go away and every you know the the people that i'm talking to are just faced with the people I'm talking to, for the most part, are a lot of them in the tourism industry right now. So they're faced with devastating impacts. Mm. As you mentioned, not every business is doing ba badly. I mean, a lot of them might be doing even better. But at, at either way you look at it, there's change in the air, and we have to look at things differently. So that, those are the biggest impacts is that COVID has thrown us not only into a global pandemic, but a global transition <laughs> right. and 
it's not it's, it's there's not going to be the back to normal you know it's not even going to be the new normal mm-hmm. where they're talking about it in tourism as what's the next normal mm-hmm. or what's the next reality like how do we just completely reinvent our organizations um, and how do we do business differently? What are our opportunities? Well, one of the things, of course, has uh, has been the absolute, um, you know, through the floor of this uh, uh, communications online uh, that wasn't there before. Yes. Zoom is just one. Yes. Uh, I have been using Zoom, but I've had so much trouble, and there's no service. I'll tell you something, Linda, that, does, uh, that I don't like, and uh, I've had other business associates agree with me on this, that I think there's some corporations and companies that are taking advantage of the COVID-19 pandemic in relation to service. Oh, interesting. I think they're using it as an excuse. Hmm. And it's not fair. It's not fair to the consumer. Mm -hmm. It's not fair to people who are in business and people who are trying to do it. And that's just for what it's worth. That's my tuppence worth. Let's fast forward one year. What's on the horizon for the future of Linda John Consulting? Well, I have I do have some new programs planned for next year, trying to be responsive to what's going on in the world. I'm going to be launching a uh, program on diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-racism with the Enneagram. And so I'll be having a program next spring that um, takes two companies, the Enneagram program, but with a specific lens on diversity. Um, super excited about that. Um, I intend to continue to uh, build my Vistage group here in in Tucson. I'm so excited about working with um, small business leaders here and helping them uh, to deal with their challenges Mm -hmm. and applying the Vistage um, uh, processes to that, which I've just been so impressed with. Um, And I will continue to look at how I can uh, give back to the Tucson community. I want to be involved here, and I know that there's a lot of great organizations. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited Mm -hmm. when the when we can start moving out out and about again. And I know all the great events and festivals. I look forward to not only going to them, but being a volunteer and getting Mm -hmm. involved. And then, of course, my um, heart is with the travel and tourism industry, and I'm hoping um, so, so much that that, um, the rebound can start and anything that I can do through my work, um, in my consulting work and coaching work both, to help, um, you know, jumpstart, that industry back mm. is going to be really important to me as well. Well, one of my clients, um, a friend of mine, uh, in fact, I feel very sorry for him. He uh, he just really started his travel industry, his travel tourism company, and he was going to do uh, specific uh, tours, um, very unique tours just for small groups only and not to the norm. Then he got requested to do a lot of the other stuff, so he expanded the business, did that as well, and really just started to get going when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, there's no cruising till next right. year. There's no all sorts of stuff, you know. Right. And it's it's really hitting between the eyes. Right. And, uh, yes. you know, uh, they're the people I feel sorry for yes. terribly because a lot of them have just, never mind our own restaurants and, and uh, right. you know, the lifeblood of a city is the socialization of that city. Absolutely. And when that gets hit hard, yep. you know, it's everything else. Now, listeners, I, I have requested that we go into this fascinating assessment jazz with Linda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the integrative Enneagram approach with Linda, which we're going to do right now. I've done some, you know, pretty inclusive personality and work ethic assessments in my lifetime before, but I 
can share this with you that there's nothing like this, right, Linda? Right, right. And I, I took the liberty of doing the Enneagram assessment over the weekend. So I could truly get a comprehensive understanding of it all. And, well, I'm a four. Now, that doesn't mean out of ten I'm only a four. <laughs> More on that later. But come on, go, go to town. What is an Enneagram? What does it do? There are nine styles. I'm a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Tell me all about it and what does it have any effect to do with business, people, uh, directors, CEOs, whatever. Okay. I am passionate about the Enneagram. I, I have been working with the Enneagram for over a decade now, and it's basically uh, an archetypal approach to a behavior or personality assessment, as, as you had mentioned. And in this particular approach, there's nine types. And uh, we can talk more about each of those types. But it's basically thinking about uh, people against those archetypes of the nine different types. All right. It doesn't mean it's exactly um, 100% true for each person. But what mm -hmm. it does is it gives teams and people, executives and coaches, a common language through which to um, work and grow together. Um, and it also, I the thing I like most about it for my use, is it's a huge tool for self-awareness, which is where I think all growth for organizations needs to start, is self-awareness self before okay. any strategies are developed. I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, I guess what I want to say is there are so many assessment-type things out mm -hmm. there. Uh, they became very successful with reference to going for a job, and you had to sit down or after an interview or do this at home before you went in or one of those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm anti that jazz mm -hmm. because I don't believe that those sorts of psyched up things that they do can really tell a person. Right. What, I lo what I loved about this, i got to tell you, it is what you say it is from a different perspective, mm -hmm. right? It's more, it's not straight psychology. Right. It's not about trying to adjudicate who you are and what box you belong in in life. Exactly. Right? Because I hate that. Exactly. You belong there. You're this. You're that. That's all you're good for. That's that's the only job you should really do. Right. And, you you know, that doesn't tell me anything about who I really am. Right. What I've got to offer. Right. What I can help others with. Yeah. Yes. And, and do and so on. And I think that is the biggest thing with this that I want to get across that's so unique about it. Mm -hmm. but, you know you know what I'm trying to say. No, right? I, I do. It's the depth. There's layers and layers and layers of this. And uh, one of the things that you said that I just love is it doesn't box you in. Um, the, the approach to the Enneagram, the whole idea is figuring out your type so that you can learn how to... But when you say type, Type what? So the, the what one one to nine, the, those are the main types. So once you learn your main but type. The, but the word itself, type. Type. Doesn't, doesn't that put yes. me in a box? Well, it starts there. But it doesn't, it, but, but the whole thing of the Enneagram is to show you the box you're in, just to show it to you. It's and, where you okay. And then to help you get out of it. Because I want to I get that across <laughs> yes. right to the listeners that this isn't, oh, this is just another, yeah. you know, uh, how do I? God, I can't even express it anymore. But uh, 
uh, they're, they're so different. For instance, like a number one in this thing. Is there another word other than type? <laughs> I always use it's type point. It could be point. Okay. Type point, okay. But yeah, point one. But it's not, it's more than personality as well. It is. It's, it's there's so much depth to it. Um, and I just about that whole thing with the box and getting out of it. There's there's a great author. If people are interested in this, and and this is really. He studied the same Enneagram program assessment that I that I did, which is the integrative Enneagram. And it, it, he is an author. His name is Ian Morgan Cron. And he's the author of an awesome book. Everyone should read it. It's called The Road Back to You. Um, and he's the one that, that, that coined that and just explains it so well. It, it's not about these other personality tests or behavioral assessments. Mm-hmm. In fact, Enneagram is not to be used for employment decisions. No, it's one thing that I, I yeah, loved about Yeah, exactly. And so he coined that term of it's not about putting in that. It's just showing you where you're, how you're wired. And then all the strategies of how you are, con- like we all have all nine types within us. Right. And so how Nine types. All nine types. It used to be just, you know, A, B, and C or whatever. <laughs> no, there's nine. Well, see, well, I like the way you said that. Um, the terminology being how we're wired yes. from a point of view of uh, all our best assets. Yes. And assets that wouldn't be wasted right. in specific roles right. or conditions. Right. And I think that's a marvelous thing because I think there's a lot of people missuited. Yeah. Misfitted in their working life and and in stuff like that. Yes. Let's take number one. Okay. Right. Strict perfectionist. Yes. All right. Ones are about improvement, right action, ensuring things are done correctly. They're principled with a clear sense of right and wrong and may seem idealistic, self righteous, or judgmental. Am I getting any bells here so far? <laughs> they organize their world and value facts, precision and clarity, working hard to avoid mistakes. Now, their gift is in discernment, evaluation, and knowing what is right. That is correct. That's a one. I call them the true north people. The true north. The true north. They've got the compass, and they know they know what's right. They know which way to go. And the judgment part isn't so much about others as it is about their own inner critic. Mm-hmm. And they want to help. Bring well, what we won't do is we won't say then, well, he'd be good or she'd be good for that role. Right. We won't go down that road. This is this is understanding what the one to nines are. Yes, exactly. And then you can own it out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whichever one you want to do. What's number two? Um, two is uh, known as the considerate helper. The considerate helper. Yes. All right. Exactly. And... Do you want to share what you know about the two? All right. Well, twos want to meet others' needs in a helpful, supportive way. Warm, giving, and people-oriented, they seek affirmation from their relationships and may be sensitive and angry if they feel unappreciated. You know, I believe there's a bit of me in every one of these darn things, never mind a four. (laughs) They may over-involve themselves in others' lives and risk being manipulative. Their development challenge is to give unconditionally and to nurture themselves as well as others. That's a considerate helper. That is correct. And I know it's very, very likely that you would feel like you resonate with a lot of these because, like, as I mentioned, all of us do have some, some. of each of the types. Hmm. And it gets deeper, too. We won't go there today, but the, those lines that are part of the graphic all mean something. And as a four, you do have a connection to the type two so well a three firstly is a competitive achiever 
No. Now, threes are doers, guys and ladies, and tend to be practical, task-oriented, and they project a polished persona, persona or image. Uh, they're competitive, they'll make sacrifices to achieve their goals and appear successful, and they risk becoming overstretched or workaholic and may resort to deception or expediency to win. Now, at higher integration, they work towards self-acceptance and authentic influence, connecting heart and hands. And very that's good. a competitive achiever. That is very good. That's exactly. a number three. That's type three. Type 3.3, 3, whatever you want. All right, anything you want to add to that? Well, their mantra is, I am successful and efficient. Watch me fly. <laughs> All right, okay. Let's have a look at a number four now. An intense creative. Fours search for meaning, depth, and authenticity. They are emotionally sensitive and attuned to their environment. Creative and expressive as individuals, they may seem emotionally moody, dramatic, focusing on what is lacking in their lives. As they integrate, fours get in touch with their inner creative voice, but able to separate their identity and their emotions. Hmm, that's an intense creative. <sighs> and you can create all you want, but if you've got nowhere to put it, you're a frustrated creator. You need a coach to help you. <laughs> uh, number five is a quiet specialist. Who do you know that's a quiet specialist? Fives are private individuals with an active mental life, observing and exploring how the world works. They struggle to share thoughts and feelings and may seem socially awkward or disin uh, you know disinterested. At uh, the lower integration, fives may be withdrawn, antagonistic, and aggressively defend their isolation. At a higher integration, they're intellectual pioneers, bringing their uh, perceptive wisdom unselfish, unselfconsciously. Mm -hmm. Yes, unselfconsciously. Talk a little more on the quiet specialist. Yeah, think Albert Einstein, Bill Gates. I mean, they are all cerebral. Everything's going on in the thinking center for them. And they they are just they they want to go into depth of knowledge. So if they see something or hear something, they want to go research it and they want to really go deep into um, the true meaning of of what that is. Hmm. So they do tend to be quiet because they need that spacious thinking time mm -hmm. and they need to be at the computer doing the research. Right. Um, and right. so they they that's a, a real need for them. Well, a loyal skeptic. Who do you know that's a loyal skeptic? Number 6. 6 sixes easily tune into potential danger and risks, acting on a sense of anxiety and think in skeptical ways. Uh, they value trust, responsibility, and loyalty, and need to feel that they're safe and that they belong. At a lower integration, they may be paranoid, reactive, and insecure as loyalty turns into dependency and over-sensitivity. At a higher integration, self-reliant and grounded, sixes give confidence to those around them, resiliently coping with risk. Yes, exactly. I'm I'm working with a team right now um, that has a leader who's a type six and works with a type seven, which we'll get to in a minute. But they their their styles are very different. But what he brings as a six mm -hmm. is that sort of risk assessment to things. Um, sixes can be known as sort of just 
you know, worry and fear about everything, but the value they bring is that they're thinking about what could go wrong, what if this does go wrong, what are we going to do, what's our plan B? And for this particular team, that's an invaluable uh, skill and talent that he brings to that. So, mm. Um, mm. And the other thing about the six is they, they'll kind of come to a conversation as the devil's advocate oh, okay. and real doubtful, but once they're convinced and brought on, they're with the team 100%. So. Well, an enthusiastic visionary is number seven. Yes. And sevens seek variety, stimulation, and fun, tackling challenges with optimism and engaging with life in a future-oriented way. As team members, they bring creativity, energy, and optimism. Now, they may seem distracted, hedonistic, insensitive, or irresponsible to others. And sevens are often unhappy, but they deny this, escaping into hyperactivity and impulse pleasure-seeking. Woo! At higher integration, they're present, finding joy within. They sound like fun, the sevens. They're fun. I'm actually a seven. No, ah, you hedonistic. Oh, now I know Uh-oh, something about you. Oh, there's a you. challenge side. Yeah. There we go. To we can be. We can tend to become a little bit scattered, but um, very visionary, big picture, entrepreneurial, and yes, positive and fun. So. And there you go. All righty then. Um, an active controller. An active controller versus someone that lies on the couch. It's a number eight. <laughs> number eights are forces of nature have a strong presence and personality that values being in control. Now, they're guarded but caring and protective of those around them as they mask any vulnerability with a tough, no-nonsense exterior. They may seem intimidating and confrontational. At higher integration, they combine their directness with compassion, collaborating with others while serving the greater good. And that ladies and gentlemen, is an active controller, a number eight. They are the CEOs of the Enneagram. What on earth are they talking about? The Enneagram. What is it again? Enneagram is? Enneagram is nine figures, nine points. Of a human (laughs) being, of what they can do. Number nine, an adaptive peacemaker. Nines are diplomatic and attuned to the ideas of others, often as facilitators or mediators in groups. They form the glue between people with their friendly, grounding and stable demeanor. They struggle to connect to their own point of view or say no and often avoid all conflict. At a high integration, they're independent and self-respecting, acting with self-awareness and autonomy. And that is a number nine. That's the number nine. It sits right at the top of the Enneagram. Sort of just this nice peacemaker. <laughs> Sounds bloody top. boring to me, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I don't know. Um, th- uh, does this work before people find, get married or anything? <laughs> I, I found out about it too late. <laughs> so I can't say that for sure. But I think, well, here, here's the deal. This has been used for... Uh, centuries um, for a variety of uses and a lot of it has been in personal development and you know um, the interrelationships and that type of thing I wanted to look for an Enneagram application for business and that's why my training is in the integrative Enneagram mm. and it's all mm. focused to that but well, yeah, it, yeah it is and it's not five minutes old it's been around for hundreds of years yes, exactly it? and in fact the word Enneagram comes from the Greek word uh, Ennea which is nine mm-hmm. and gram which is uh, written or drawn 
Correct. Uh, in Greek. And it refers to the nine different Enneagram styles identified as numbers one to nine. Now, each number represents a worldview, an archetype that resonates with your core motivations. Correct. And it impacts on personality as well as thinking, feeling, and actions. And I can see how um, there is a little bit, and not all of them, but I, I would imagine there is a little bit of six or seven of the numbers for a lot of the people that you meet or you consult. Yes. All right. Yes. There are certain types that don't seek coaching or consulting. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know the breakdown, honestly, of the population percentage of the various types. I have heard um, in some of the ex experts that have talked about this, that there's a lot of sixes out there in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose right now, um, type six. No, six was a loyal skeptic. A loyal skeptic. So mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're based in fear. And they're in the head center, so there's going to be a lot of worry and anxiety mm -hmm. um, with, with the type six right now. But for a good CEO or a good director of sales or a good marketing director, um, somebody to lead that company, somebody to get out there and do the business, it certainly is not going to be a loyal skeptic, is it? <laughs> the loyal skeptic is going to be a great wingman or wing, wing woman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're, so they're going to sort of get take that visionary ideas of the CEO or the leader, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we have to do that, and say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. And that's generalizing. I'm so sure so when does Linda John use this? In your in your business, yes, is it is it with the one on ones or can this be used used in Vistage as well? Yes, it, it absolutely can be used. In, I never force it on anyone. Like I said, I have other tools and assessments I can use. I just love the depth of this and what it helps provide. Not so much me. It does give me a picture of the person right on paper, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but it helps them. It helps them just sort of sink into who they are, the best parts, the strengths, as well as the challenges. Mm. And it gives them a starting point of sort of what I what they want to work on. One of the sections of the report um, is called the strain profile. And it's a great starting point for coaching because it's very situational. It's what's going on in your world right now. And there's a color code of red, yellow, or green. And so if you've got a lot of yellows and reds going on that those are things that have opportunities for coaching but mm -hmm. the self-awareness part of the enneagram is what's the well i'm going to wear it i'm going to need a darn coach now to get out of this because <laughs> i feel miserable after intense creative number four i don't like me i don't like what i read about myself well the, i mean there, there's every type has strengths and challenges I know and me. we're going to hold on virginia satia said Richardson. it all i am me and i am okay <laughs> yes and that's all there is to it, Absolutely. you know. And and my astrology says I'm wonderful, so there. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now this is fantastic, and I wish you well, Linda. Thank you. Um, boys and girls, grandmas and grandpops, I tell you what, you're going to hear a lot about Linda John, uh, Linda John Consulting, and um, she charges through the roof. But then again, you only get the best. <laughs> I mean, you know, you pay for what you get in this life. You know, let's face it, you know. It's all about value. <laughs> Everything's on site, a photo of her, the whole bit, and all details, but we'll give them to you. Uh, what about the website? Yes, lindajohnconsulting.com. Okay. Uh, you just go there. And there's actually a link on that uh, homepage if you want to find out more about my Vistage group. You can click right into that and get more details. Well, how's it going for Tucson? 
Uh, You've only really just started. In I'm fairness just getting to you. started, and okay. I'm having some great conversations, starting to build my group. I have mm-hmm. uh, I have an event on December 15th that I will be um, getting ready to bring all the candidates together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's at the early stages of it. There are some other Vistage groups already. What's going to happen though with with the pandemic? Everybody going to wear masks, or how does this work? Oh, now? right now everything's on Zoom. Um, but I believe as things start to open up, um, some of the groups, I think that's one of the, when you talk again about like the value of it, mm-hmm. connecting with the other people, mm-hmm. Zoom doesn't quite cut it. Oh, no. I'm, I, I, you yeah. know, look, I've been using Zoom. We're in the studio now, thank God. Yes, but yeah. you know what? I've missed it so much for three to four months. Yeah. And the reality is everybody's had it up to here yes, uh, yes. with Zoom to right. a degree. Right. And you know what? I, I have. I paid for, just so you know, I paid for a professional service from Zoom. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that I could have as many on as I wanted to sure. for as long as I wanted to. Yes. And they still cut me off at 40 minutes. That's and not right. Of course it's not right. And I paid for a full year in advance. Is that one of those services you're talking about? It is indeed. In fact, there is no service because I can't talk to anybody. And I used to be able to, but now they say, well, I'm sorry, you don't have a business account. We're not going to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much. Well, what do you call it that I've got then? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, th- this is what I mean. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. So I've been researching, to be honest with you, other, other forms, yeah. and there are plenty. They, well, I have the Zoom business, and it's, it works for me. So, yeah, I, it's, whatever it's turns you weird. on, you know, well, <laughs> it's it's what works right now. However, I I'm a big believer that nothing replaces the in person, and the, the nothing replaces right the in person. Yeah, I think some of them may have the option to be meeting in person and maybe doing that. But the other part of me that wants people to start meeting in person again is my travel and tourism side, and meetings and conventions are a huge economic engine for oh, our economy. Big time, big time. I I used to come here to Tucson mm-hmm. for professional conventions and conferences on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, I know. We had a lot of things going in Tucson. I was starting to really fire and more and more. Yeah. We had time. We've got things happening where there's no beds in this town. Wow. You know, that's pretty yeah, cool, that's isn't it? We've got events. Lot. We yeah. have events going City on where that's why they're building more hotels. Yeah. Yeah, and that just started when this thing hit. Huge you know. tourism destination. Huge tourism, yeah. Well, you know, it's always the younger brother to Phoenix, and we fight against that all the time. <laughs> and we're trying to get them to come two and a half hours further down the track. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we've got golf courses here as well. Well, you, you know. won me over. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> it was not that hard. <laughs> the key about people uh, together is is pressing f- the flesh. Looking, being able to look in somebody's eyes, not too far away. Exactly. And just that personal presence versus being, you know, on the form of a of a technical communication thing is is so different. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it works this way with me too. Linda, is there anything you'd like to? Um, I'm going to put all your details up on the site. They're awesome. going to stay there That's permanently. Yep. Uh, or you'll, you, everything to contact you is there. Yes. yes. Okay, that's not a problem. Yes. And your phone number will be up there as well. And you've got the uh, Enneagram. That's a marvelous thing, Enneagram. I'll put up, <laughs> I'll put up uh, if you allow me to, I'll put up the actual uh, diagram. That would be fantastic. All right. And yes. uh, it's got great. all the various types yes. uh, around it, the whole yes. thing. So thank you so much for taking time out and coming on Tucson Means Business. Thank you uh, for having me. Uh, you've been a fabulous, uh, fabulous guest, and uh, I'm really interested to see how you uh, get along and if we can help in any way at all with uh, with your uh, peoples. 
uh, just yell out because Tucson Business Radio X is all about helping business in this city. Thanks so much, Mark. You know I will. Okay. I appreciate that. So uh, thanks again to the 49ers Golf and Country Club, our wonderful sponsors and loyal sponsors uh, to Tucson Means Business. And, of course, they're open again, the Rincon Grill. So you can go there or you can take away. You can order and just go away if you want to. The golf is uh, some incredible deals going on with the golf right now. I mean, if you've ever wanted to, you get out in the sunshine and uh, single carts, uh, no riding together. None of that jazz, but uh, if you just follow the rules, you can still have a nice time, and it's very, very cost-effective. And, of course, uh, uh, Lisa's doing uh, exercising. They're not in the gym, per se. They're outside, but they're doing fantastic exercise training, and uh, you can get involved with that as well, all right? And also the pool is open for specific scenarios. Okay, the link, uh, so uh, that's the 49ers Golf and Country Club, and the address is on the side and everything, but it's straight up Tankerverde Road, heading east just past the Emily Gray School, uh, a little bit further than that on the right-hand side. Thanks again for joining us. This is Mark Bishop signing off for another Tucson Means Business.